All right. Good morning, everyone. I've just posted the the scripture we'll be using. Let me just post it on the other group, on the WhatsApp group. Okay. So today we'll be talking about God in our hearts. So we'll be talking about God in our hearts, and we're looking at Proverbs chapter four, or verse twenty-three. I'm reading the NLT version. And it says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I think this is one of the, this is a really, really great scripture that explains a lot. So you know how the, the Bible tells us how some scripture is for edification, some scripture is for correction. I think this scripture helps us to um prevent a lot of things that may happen in our lives. It gives us a pointer as to if you want your life to go a certain way, the way to do it is to guard your heart. That just shows us how important the heart is. Because for something to be the determinant of how your life would turn out, then it must be really important. Um, as we know, a believer is a tripartite being. Uh, means that you are a spirit, you have a soul and you live in a body. And um, as a believer, our spirit, once you are born again, your spirit becomes transformed already. However, your soul, which is the, which is what we're talking about today, your heart, is what is being transformed into the image of God. Our heart is being transformed into the image. And that transformation is a process. If you, if you go into um, Paul's letters, you see different parts where he talks about transformation. He's talking to he was talking to Christians, he was talking to believers, where he talked about he was telling Christians in Romans about how they should not conform to the patterns of this world. These were not just unbelievers, it was actually because the scripture starts with dear brothers and sisters. So he was speaking to people that were Christians. So it's possible to be a Christian, be a believer, yet your heart is still being transformed, which is what we call um carnality where a believer is a Christian, but the person has not yet, your heart is not yet surrendered to Christ. And um, for us to surrender to Christ, to surrender our hearts and our souls to Christ, it takes a daily submission, a daily yielding, a daily, a daily laying down of our flesh to the Holy Spirit. It means that for your heart to be carnal, it means that your fleshly desires still cause the shot. So if your flesh says, oh, today I want food and you move, it's not really about what the spirit wants, but it's more about what your flesh wants. And it's a struggle as Christians. It's a, it's a real struggle as Christians because the flesh and the spirit are both fighting for that throne of our hearts. The flesh and the spirit are both fighting for that throne. And which is why you see Paul saying that, ah, that which I want to do, I find myself not doing. And this is Paul, an apostle, an apostle. And he was saying that, oh, that which I want to do, I find myself not doing. That which I don't want to do, I find myself doing. So it's a daily struggle to, to do what is right. It's a daily struggle, which is why sometimes we may say, ah, but that person is a Christian. How come this person did this? They did that. It's not, the person, it doesn't mean the person is not born again. It just means that that person is still trying to undergo transformation. Even us, sometimes you see yourself maybe react to something in a certain way, and you're taking aback. Like, ah, this is not me. It's not. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. 
It just means that there are certain parts of your heart, there are certain parts of our hearts that we can yet surrender to God. That there are, there are certain things that still trigger us, that react in a certain way. Rather than reacting in the way Christ may react, we react in a fleshy way because we've allowed our flesh to, to, um, to take control in that moment. And really, the heart, if we look at scripture, if we look at, if we study, we see that the heart is really the center of everything. The heart is the seat of our emotions, is the core of who we are as a person. Some people call it oh, your personality, it's your character, but it's your emotions. That heart, that is where everything, just like the scripture we read, it controls everything that happens to us, our hearts. And whatever happens around us is as a result of what our hearts is filled with which is why if we want god to transform if we want if we want god to transform our hearts well this is why god wants to transform our hearts he wants to be on the throne of our hearts he doesn't just want to he wants to be on the throne of our hearts and to fill it with himself he wants us not just to be believers that yes we are spirit filled we are going to heaven but even on this earth that we are transformed that people can see that ah, this person is different and I know many of us know one or two people that when you're, when you're around them, there's just something different about them. Yes, they're crazy. We're all Christians, but there's this particular person. There's something about this particular person. Person is always nice. Person is always kind. Person is just always, they're always thinking, ah, doesn't this person have bad days? But if there's a pointer to when you, when you see someone that has fully surrendered to God, you, we would know. It will show. It will show in the way the person speaks. It will show in, in the way the person reacts to things is to show in the in the way the person approaches certain things and so really the state of our hearts is really as a result of the things that we feed it with the state of our hearts is as a result of the things we feed it with so the more you feed your heart with fleshy things the more carnal it becomes but the more you feed your heart with spiritual things the more spiritual it becomes it's just like food we find that days where and I've noticed that this is where I eat a lot of junk food and I, I don't eat a lot of unhealthy things. I just find that I'm, I'm more sluggish those days. I, my, I sleep, maybe, maybe I work and I'm already feeling sleepy. But days where I eat healthy things and I walk out, I feel there's just this energy that comes. And it's the same way when you feed your, your, your heart with, with spiritual things, it shows the more we feed our hearts with spirit, the more we feel our soul with spiritual things, the healthier spiritually that we, we become. And it shows also that, oh, this person is actually doing something. It's not something hidden. Like if you're going to the gym, one day, you, you may not notice it on the first day, but you'll find out that you will notice maybe the, typically if you climb stairs, you become, uh, you start panting. But the more you go to the gym, the more you work out, the stairs I used to climb, you find out that ah, it's not as hard as I thought it was. You climb those steps, you're even still jumping. And it's the same thing spiritually. The more we, we feed our hearts, the more we feed our, uh, our souls with spiritual things, the day we will see it may be the day where typically you, you have a certain reaction to something, but you just find out that day, you don't react the way you usually react. You react a different way. So each day, there's a battle for the throne of our hearts. There's a battle. Galatians 5, verse 16 and 17. Let me just post it. 
there's a constant battle for the heart, a constant battle, because the person that controls the heart controls the person. Whoever controls the heart controls the person. I'm reading Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, NLT version. So he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions and if we look at our lives we will also see a pattern maybe something happens and you find that there's a way you want to react but because you're also a believer there's another way you want to react but you find that struggle you want to shout back at the person where a part of you is also saying you know this person may not know what they did just calm down so there's that struggle on a daily basis where we find that I want to I want to do this thing. We may be on, we may decide that oh, this is eight o'clock or oh, it's eight p.m. I want to pray. But next thing something pops up on your social media. You say, okay, let me just look at this thing. Before you know it, two hours has gone. So it's a battle. And just like every battle, if you are not aware of what you need to do, you will just find that we are casualties in that battle. Personally, for me, the days that I I read my Bible. I, I see that the days I read my Bible, the days that I choose to just go on social media, I find myself different. I see that I'm more sensitive to the Spirit. I can hear God more. I'm less impatient with my husband. I'm less. I'm kinder to other people. And it's just it's just what it is. The more we yield to God, the more we yield to the Spirit, the more we allow our hearts to be yielded to the Holy Spirit the less fleshy and the less power that and the less power that flesh has and there's an analogy my mom used to tell us there when we were younger that in your in your body there are two it's like there are two dogs living in your body one is mr flesh one is mr spirit now if you feed mr flesh more the spirit becomes leaner it's like you have two dogs in your house if you feed one obviously the other one will become leaner so if there's an issue the other one cannot shout as much because he's not he's not fed the spirit. I know it's a very funny analogy, but I, I just hope it's, we understand. And then, but if you feed the spirit more, when there's a problem, the spirit is able to attack that issue more. The spirit may be able to reach out to you more. So the one you feed more is the one that will have more power when it comes when certain things happen. So if you feed your flesh more. When you, are, when you step into situations, it's your flesh that will respond. If, you're, if you feed your spirit more, when you get into certain situations, it's your spirit that will respond. It's, it's really what it is. It's what it is. So the more we allow the Holy Spirit to walk in our lives, the more we allow the Holy Spirit to, to take charge and take control of certain parts of our lives, so to, take, to take charge of certain weaknesses that we have, the greater impact we see in our lives. We will see it in our interactions with people. We'll see a change in the way we talk. We'll see a change in the way we think. We'll see a change in the way we react and the way we act. There will definitely be a change. And so the enemy wants to capture our hearts because he knows that once he captures our heart, he has gained control of our lives. Once it, well, and not of our lives per se, 
but as you, if the enemy has control, that is. As we've spoken, as we just mentioned, the heart is a very, very sensitive part. How do we protect our hearts? How do we ensure that we are not, we are guarding this heart that the Bible has told us that guard your heart. The Bible has told us how important the heart is. So how do we then guard this heart? So number one, just can everyone still hear me? Yes, you can. Okay, yes. thank you. And one way to guard our hearts, there are certain, so if we read, there are certain things, you go through scripture, there are certain things that they are called like the gates of your heart, right? And you know, just like if you have a house, before you enter the house, there's a gate. If the gate is locked, you can't enter inside the house. But if the gate is just open, imagine that someone comes to the, someone is coming to your house, your gate everywhere is just open. It's, it means that it's so easy for the person to enter, even if the person is not a good person. But if your gate is locked, Maybe you have two or three gates and each of them are locked. The person cannot enter. And so there are certain gates of our hearts that we need to guard and keep watch over that will help our hearts to become more yielded to the Holy Spirit. And the first thing is the things that we see. So what are we looking at? What are we watching? What, what are we feeding our eyes with? What are those things that we let into our hearts through our eyes? Now, we may still think that, oh, they were watching certain things, there are certain scenes that are showing, and you may feel that, oh, no, it's just entertainment, there's nothing, it's not, it doesn't, you know, people say, oh, no, it doesn't affect me, it's just, I'm just watching, it does not affect me. You don't know that over time, you are building and you are, you are feeding on that canal mind, on that canal person, over time. Yeah, we're watching things that we shouldn't watch. Yes, it looks like people say, oh, it's just entertainment. There's nothing to it. I'm not, I'm not doing anything with it. But we are feeding something. Each time there's something, and that's one thing I want us to realize. Everything we do, there's something we're feeding. You're either feeding your flesh or you're feeding your spirit. And as we watch things, as we look at things, I want us to think about it. Okay, to, I want us to be conscious because the truth is, if we're not conscious or intentional about these things, we would not know. We just go through life feeding our flesh and we'll not even know that Mr. Flesh has gotten so fast and our spirit is so slim because we are not doing we are not doing a lot of spiritual exercises. So as we watch things, as you look at things, as you scroll through social media, think about it. How, what am I feeding today? With this thing I'm watching, what am I feeding? Then the things that we hear. And this one for me personally, I think each of us, we need to also know which, what is really a trigger. The things we hear, what are we listening to? I found myself that sometimes I can be scrolling through social media. You know, all these um, TikTok trends where they put songs. I personally don't listen to those songs. That's just my own personal view. I don't listen to um, those songs. But there are days I'll find myself, I'm washing plates. And next thing, the song will just be singing in my ear. And I just pause and say, wait, where did this song come from? Because I don't listen to it. But you find out that even as we as you are going through the the world of social media, it's there. You don't have to be a listener to get it. It's already the, the enemy has found his way to put things in. It's all there. So except you have to watch it. And there are days where I have to I have to intentionally, if even if I'm saying okay today, I just want to go through social media and I see certain 
TikTok, whatever. Maybe the video may be nice. I just want to say I have to mute the video. I have to mute it. Because I don't want that thing to get into my mind. I don't want that song to enter into my spirit. So we need to be careful. What are the things we are listening to? What are the things we are hearing? And it may not even just be songs. It may be people. It may be people. What are people speaking into our lives? You may have a friend that says, oh, they're just joking. But the person always say, ah, you're this bad girl. You're this crazy person. It's not, it's not just a joke. And, and before, because of the kind of person I used to be, I would just let it go. But these days, and they know me in my office, they know. If someone says something, I just say, no, that cannot be me. I, I respond back. Because the truth is, if you don't respond, you're allowing things to enter into your heart. And you feel that, oh, no, the, the person is just joking. That's how he talks. No, you can't talk that kind of talk around me. Because I know that I'm... I'm and you know, when you're, yeah, you're in battle and when you're at war, you know that you're at war. And anything, you can't just be careless in battle. Anything, you have to be, you have to guard, you have to guard yourself. So we can't just be careless and just say, oh no, that's how she is. She just talks like that. She's just joking. Mm-mm. I'm protecting my heart here. I can't allow anything to enter. And the final thing is, what are the things we think about? What are the things we ponder? Sometimes you know allows thoughts enter into creep into our minds. And if you're a thinker, before you know it, you've thought that's one thing. You have gone through cycles and cycles and cycles, and you are wondering, ah, where did this thing? How did I get here? But it just began with just one thought. We have to learn to capture our thoughts. Capture our thoughts. And how do we capture our thoughts? With the word of God. I remember a time when I used to be so afraid of telling me that bridge. Honestly, I don't know where that fear came from. And actually, I, I think I know it started with a thought. There was a day I climbed around the bridge and I just thought, ah, imagine this guy would just fall into the water. That was how my fear started. That fear started. Every time I would climb Terminal Bridge, that thing would come to my mind. That what if this car just stumbles and you fall into this water, you die. That's it kept every single time to the point that I would be on Terminal Bridge and I'll be palpitating. And there was something I listened to one day, and I said, no, it can't be. And the person was talking about how when words, co- when thoughts come to your mind, you don't fight thoughts with silence. You have to fight thoughts with the word of God. You can't just say, oh, no, 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 I can't think. No, you have to fight with the word. So every time I would be, every time I would be um, on that thing, that thought comes, I will speak it and I will say, I will not die but live. I will not die but live. I will not die but live. Each time the thought comes, I will fight it with the word of God. See, it got to a point that I just, it stopped happening. When we hear about things that, oh, this person committed suicide, we hear about things about depression, it's the mind. People are thinking things and they've become captive to those thoughts. And it may not start like that. It may just start with one small thought. And before you know it, you have entered, the person has entered into a web that they cannot come out from. So today, I just want to, to encourage us to fight and to guard our hearts. Let's not allow the enemy to win the battle of our mind. Fight back. Fight with the word of God. Fight back. Meditate. Today, meditate on the word. Meditate on scriptures. Which is why it's good for us to also know the word. Because it's the word that you know that you can fight with. If you don't know the word, there's nothing you have to fight with. So as we go about that day, when the enemy tries to, you know how somebody tries to creep in on our ways? Let the enemy know that, ah, no, we are also alert. And that we are guarding our hearts. 
So as we go about today, let's be conscious of the presence of the Holy Spirit. As we go on social media, as we listen to people, as we engage people, let's be conscious of our gates and guard our gates. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it brings life to us and that your word, we receive it with gladness. In Jesus' name, amen. Over to Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well. Apology, just in case you hear my daughter's voice. Um, she's beside me. Okay, so, um, Chinaya, thank you so much. God bless you. The word you shared is just, is just on point. That word is also for me, and I thank you. Because I know that um, the devil loves to attack our minds. Loves to attack our minds. And I think for a while now, the mind has been attacked. So, um, like you said, when your mind is attacked, you fight with the word of God. When your mind is attacked, you also fight with the word of God. That that means it is written. And it's also important that you take in the word of God. Because I know that when people are sick, when you go to a hospital, they, they administer medicine to you. Right? They administer drugs to you. That means you need... You need the right you you need the right kind of drugs to fight that sickness. You need the word of God inside of you. You need to put the word of God inside of you to fight the sickness of the mind, the sickness of the heart. So I would like to encourage everyone. If there's anyone here going through any form of depression or anxiety or let's say the devil has been attacking your mind one way or the other, maybe you are feeling like you are not good enough. You know, that's also an attack. When you start to have a complex, you start to feel like you're not good enough. You start to feel like there's something wrong with you. You start to feel like um, you don't yes, you don't measure up. You start to feel incompetent and un- ill-equipped. Um, understand that the devil is attacking you. Understand that the devil is attacking you. And you need to fight with the word of God. If you, at that point, you maybe you are too tired to speak the written word of God. I would advise at that point that you take in the word of God. The way you take, take in a tonic. If you are low on blood, they give you a blood tonic and they tell you to take, they tell you to change your diet, right? So it's time for you to change your diet. If you notice that your, your, your mind is being attacked and what is in your heart is just not right. Just change your diet. Science. Um, um, change what you are consuming. Um, Shunaya talked about um, um, feeding your eyes with stuff on social media, your ears with stuff on social media. It's uh, and um, also the um, people who surround you. And that's also that's everything she talked about when it comes to feeding your eyes, your ears, and those who um, surround you. It's all about consumption. What are you consuming? It's so important for you to be very careful about what what you're consuming. Um, I understand that many of us are coming out from the world. I understand that we're coming to Christ. So when you come out from the world, there's a possibility that you still have the old friends that you used to have. But I want to encourage you that if the Holy Spirit, you see, that's that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. It convicts us to repentance and it guides us into the will of the Father. So if the Holy Spirit is telling you right now to disengage from certain friendships and relationships, please, I, I want to encourage you to do that. Do that because sometimes you may think that, ah, no, I'm a born-again Christian, but the person the person has always been my childhood friend. I've known this person for a very long time. 
This person is a colleague I'm very close to. This person is a relative that I really love. This person is this, this person is that. And you start to give excuses because of the maybe the length of friendship or the length of um, the depth of the friendship or the relationship. But the Holy Spirit is telling you to disengage from that person. Why? You are consuming toxic. That means the person is feeding you with the wrong kind of diet. You are trying to get well. Your heart is sick. You know your heart has been sick for a while. You are trying to get well, but... They keep giving you the wrong kind of diets. So the Lord is working on, on you, but you are still consuming the wrong kind of diet. I want to encourage you. You need to watch what you are consuming. You see that thing um Kinaya said about um, um listening to all those audio files on TikTok and on Instagram, and then you find it happens to me. Like if I if I if I spend a lot of time. On, thank you so much, Chine. You've convicted me. Um, if I'm spending a lot of time on social media, I notice that even when I'm sleeping, I wake up with there, a song I have, a song I have heard on social media. Why? I just consumed something. I took it in as diet. So my body is, my body, my soul, my heart is dwelling on those things. You see how important it is that we watch what we consume the bible says guard your heart with all diligence it didn't just say guard your heart i like the way the bible i like the way the word of god is it's, if god wants you to focus on something there's a way he just puts that word it's not like you, you don't focus on the whole word of god but if god wants to emphasize on a thing there's a way he uses his words he said guard your heart with all diligence he could have just said guard your heart and that's it no guard your heart with all diligence the way you are supposed to be diligent at what you do at work is saying guard your heart with that same attitude of diligence guard your heart be very watchful be very mindful of what goes into your heart why let's look at some of the scriptures that's why i'm preaching let's look at some of the scriptures um i sent on the group so 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, the Bible states, the CEB version, but the Lord told him, Spirit of God, take control, take control, Lord. But the Lord told him, Samuel, don't think Eliab is the one just because he's tall and handsome. He's not the one I've chosen. People judge others by what they look like, but I judge people by what is in their hearts. This is very, very clear what we are going to be judged by. What is in our hearts? He says, I judge people. This is God speaking. He didn't say, ah, there was a time I used to judge people. He said, I judge people. That's a continuous tense. I judge people by what is in their heart. Do you know that it's just, it's just coming right now? This revelation. That God judges people. This is a continuous tense. I judge people by what is in their hearts. So that means we can put up the right kind of attitude. We can look all Christianese, speak all Christianese, give like the most generous person on earth. But if your heart is sick, it doesn't please God. Because God judges people by what is in their heart. Haven't you noticed? We've studied the um, story of um, David, right? In the fellowship, we studied it um, at the beginning of um, last year. And we studied the story of David and we're amazed at the story of David. We went in depth into the story of David and we found out that David was a man with many flaws. David goofed, not just once, continuously. But you see, let's go to Acts chapter 13, verse 22. 
the God's word translation, it states that God removed Saul and made David their king. God spoke favorably about David. He said, I have found that I have found that David, the son of Jesse, is a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That is how God chooses people. So sometimes you look at people in ministry and you're like, maybe someone is heading a ministry and you're like, this person knows they speak better English now. It's in the, uh, like, of all people, now this kind of person, see, the person doesn't even look good. The person doesn't look good. The person doesn't have the qualifications, no certifications. The person doesn't go to school. No, God is looking at the heart. He said, I judge people by their hearts. God doesn't look at, it's not your qualification. It's not whether you have a master's degree. You've done your PhD. No, that's not how God chooses. God chooses by the heart. So that means you can deceive everyone. But if you are going to be God's chosen one, if God is going to call you, he's looking straight at the heart. What does that mean? We need to purge our hearts daily. We need to ask the spirit of God to purge our hearts daily because that's what God judges. Everyone, understand that the yardstick that everyone uses is results, physical results that you show them. And people judge you by that. You go to school, they judge you by your intellect, your intelligence. At work, they judge you by your competence, how you execute work, how committed you are to the company goals and visions. But you see, that's not how God judges us. That's how man judges. That's the yardstick that man uses. People judge people's marriages by what they see on social media. Oh, have you seen relationship goals, marriage goals? They judge by the physical, by the carnal, but God does not look. You see, that's why he's sovereign. He doesn't judge by the milestones of men. He judges by the heart. No one else can see your heart by, but God. No one else can see your heart but God. Judah's heart was tainted. Peter had was had character flaws but you see his, his heart was after god that's why peter was restored okay. it was prophesied that judas was going to do what he the betrayer was going to betray christ but you see one had a tainted heart yeah the, the bible clearly tells us about two people who didn't do right one betrayed jesus one denied jesus but peter didn't have a bad heart he may have had his own character flaws because even after jesus and died and was resurrected and went up to heaven. The Bible still tells us about where Peter misbehaved and Apostle Paul corrected him immediately. What does that show you? Peter was a man that was not, did not have perfect, he, he, he's, he had some character flaw, but you see, his heart was after God. So that is why you see some believers, they, are, they look like they are so messed up, but they are still chosen by God. Like um, Chinaya was talking about, they are still undergoing the transformation process. Thomas doubted Jesus, but you see, he was an apostle of Christ. Irrespective of the character flaw of Thomas, Jesus still picked him as one of his apostles. That is how God chooses. So you looked at the person. No, the person doesn't look like it. Oh, this pastor, no, the pastor doesn't even know how to dress. Ah, ah, have, have you noticed that he even smells? Oh, no, 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 no. But the Lord looks at the heart. The prophet Samuel had sons who were misbehaving. But the prophet Samuel had a heart after God. So even with the flaws of his children, God still honored his prophet Samuel. What is the nature of your hearts? 
what is the nature of your heart is so important. What is the nature of your heart? Do you know that I'm, as a person, I'm so scared to be around people with a bad heart. When I say that the person's, when I notice that what the person is exhibiting is not a character flaw, but it, it's hinted, they are exhibiting characteristics from a tainted heart. Or more, the thing they make me fear. Because someone with a tainted heart, someone with a very, very, with an evil heart can do anything. That's why the Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. The heart of man, heart, the heart is desperately wicked. You know what makes it convenient and for you to be able to actually stay with people and be safe? It's the Spirit of God. That's why we cannot afford to miss the rapture. Because once the Spirit of God is taken away from earth, oh goodness. You see that heart of man that they said is desperately wicked. You've not seen wickedness. It's going to be on a different level. You will see, people will see wickedness, not you. Please, you'll be taken by Christ. People will see wickedness that they've never seen before. A different degree of evil. The spirit of God is still here because the children of God are still dwelling on earth. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, so he's still present. But the minute Christ comes to take his bride, the spirit of God is no longer here on earth. There's going to be ter a terrible degree of evil and wickedness. So I want to encourage each and every one of us. This is not a thing of judgment. It's a thing of conviction. Even for me, oh, even for me, I sent a scripture to the group and I said, transform this scripture. I sent it to the Telegram group. I'm going to put it here now on the WhatsApp group. I said, transform this scripture into a prayer point. And this is the scripture. Ezekiel 36, verse 25 to 27. The CEB version states, I will sprinkle you with clean water and you'll be clean and acceptable to me. I will wash away everything that makes you unclean and I will remove your disgusting idols. I will take away your stubborn heart and give your heart and a desire to be faithful. I will give you a new heart and a desire to be faithful. I will put my spirit in you and make you eager to obey my laws and teachings. So if you're going to transform this into a prayer point, you pray like this, Father, sprinkle me with clean water and I'll be clean and acceptable to you. Wash away everything that makes me unclean, Lord. Remove, remove any, any disgusting idol I have in my life, oh Lord. Take away my stubborn heart and give me a new heart. Purge my heart, Lord. And it, give me a desire to be faithful, Lord. Give me only pure thoughts, Lord. Holy Spirit, help me. Make me eager to do the will of the Father in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a prayer for your heart. That's a prayer for your heart. That's a prayer for your heart. Let's look at Jeremiah 29, verse 12 to 14. The God's Word translation states, Then you will call to me. You will come and pray to me and I will hear you. When you look for me, you will find me when you wholeheartedly seek me. Have you seen that God is even seeking, wants us to seek him with our heart. God doesn't want us to seek him with our lips, lip service, no. But we tell everybody, ah, I'm a child of God. Ah, no, see, I'm here, Jesus. But your heart is far from him. That's not what God wants. He said, when you look for me, you will find me. Where the condition is when you wholeheartedly seek me. Wholeheartedly. 
Have you seen how particular God is about our hearts? That's why we are told to guard our hearts because that is what we are judged by. Your heart, what is in your heart? What's the nature of your heart? Everyone can see your acts, your works, your degrees, your certificates, your results, your fruits, but people can't see your heart and that's what God judges us by. The heart, the nature of our hearts. The nature of our hearts. You can see that Rahab was a prostitute. The Bible introduces the character of Rahab as a prostitute with a strategic office at the city wall of Jericho. Sorry, that's that my daughter is just excited. The Bible introduces her as a prostitute, but you see, this woman had heard about the God of the Israelites. She had kept the thoughts in her heart. She was just waiting for an opportunity to encounter the ones that have encountered God. Ah! We will be shocked at the people that we will see in heaven. Many people are thirsty for Christ. All they need is just an encounter with Jesus. That was what happened to the thief on the cross. Only God knows the nature of that guy's heart. All he needed was an opportunity and he encountered Jesus and he had access to salvation. We have judged many people as condemned, but we will be shocked when we get to heaven. At the Rahabs in heaven who only needed an opportunity to encounter Christ. Though they lived in sin, just at the hour of their death, they gave their lives to Christ. We will be shocked at the people we will see in heaven. People we have written off as sinners, slaves to sin. All they needed was Christ. Rahab was introduced as a woman with a flaw. She was a prostitute with a strategic office. But she encountered the children of God, the Israelites, God's own nation. <laughs> And she, she didn't let them go. Matter of fact, she hid them. So no one would touch God's anointed. Hey, hey. Those of you that are seven servants of God, helping people with ministries, what the way God will honor you. Eh? <laughs> you think that when you honor God's prophets, you are just, I'm just saying this, you don't know what you are doing. You don't know what you're doing. When God will honor you himself, when you do for God's own child, his servants, his prophets, God lavishes you with blessings. You have no clue what you're sowing. You don't know what you're sowing. This woman hid God's own people. And out of the whole, that whole city, all the people in the city, she she was saved on her family because of her. Doesn't that remind you of somebody else in the Bible? Noah! Because of Noah, his family was saved. Do you know that the state of your heart can bring redemption to your family? Hey! The state of your heart can bring redemption to your family. Because the Bible clearly states that Noah was the only man found righteous in the whole world. Only man. He didn't say Noah and his family. Take note of that scripture. Noah was the only man. But because of his, his stance with God, redemption came upon his own family. So, you focus on serving God, on being faithful to God. Keep praying for your family members, even the ones when they hear what. It's okay, don't worry, trust God. Keep showing them what it means to be a Christian. 
show them love show them who jesus is they have they have never seen jesus physically on earth you haven't seen christ on earth but they can encounter jesus through you that's what you do so please your heart is important dear brothers and sisters your heart is important dear brothers and sisters please don't be belong to a christian community and be Daphna and be she's mimicking me don't 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 belong to a um, christian community and you're just quiet no be active it helps you you start to interact with people with like minds people who whose hearts rub rub off on the spirit of god you see that their, their hearts are being transformed that some of you are complaining you don't have friends meanwhile you belong to christian communities departments in church you fellowships cell groups where do you think those godly friends are coming from you be intentional you be the good friend even when you say ah there are, people are bad you be the good example you be the good person you be the good person so seeds in the hearts of people because those seeds will come back to you the bible says that god cannot be mocked what a man sows is what he will reap so if you are sowing the seed of good friendship in the lives of people god will give you good friends someone else will give you the harvest stop worrying about how people are flawed there are people are flawed everywhere in the church outside the church everywhere they fool they fool everywhere there are plenty you be the good person you can't say because of the flaws of others you will never enter a relationship and never get married that's a wrong that's a wrong testimony that's a wrong testimony that's a wrong testimony you pray pray your prayer in faith and expect god to do what he does best so i do pray that this word help someone this morning i pray that we will guard our hearts truly sometimes i don't even hang out with certain people i don't even go i hardly people know me if you are close to me you know i hardly do waka waka i don't i know today do waka waka <laughs> you may see me oh sylvia is all jolly but the truth is that i, I, I don't i don't move around too much i'm very very careful about my heart what enters into my space? Daphna, stop that. Don't touch the fan. What enters into my space? I'm very careful about that. I'm so very careful about that. I can preach, I can minister, but you see, my heart is so important. Why I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to remain consecrated to God. I, I need to be very careful about pollution. I need to be very careful. Even my marriage, we are very careful. My husband and I are very, very careful about pollution. What comes into our marriage? What comes into our hearts the kind of people we hang out with my husband is so careful even the kind of places so most times he doesn't even want to be going out too much he's very careful about pollution you must be very careful about pollution you must be caref careful about what you consume you cannot eat raw meat and be thinking that you will not have a stomach ache you will now you can't keep on feeding up the wrong things you can't have a dirty diet and think that you'll be healthy. No, that's why your spiritual growth is stunted. That's why you're being attacked left, right, and center. Devil don't want to leave your house. Why? Because you are eating his food. So he came to serve the dish. And you're not trying to chase him. How, how, how? He's the chef now. So dear brothers and sisters, let us guard our hearts because that's what God judges us by. What is the nature of your hearts? If you notice that something is tainting your heart, please start to pray. Pray it out of your hearts. Don't let it settle. 
So our case would not be the case of Ananias and Sapphira because their hearts were bad. Their hearts were tainted that they wanted to lie. The motive seemed like it was okay, but the heart was not right. So please, I encourage you today, pray that prayer. Use that scripture and pray. Pray over your hearts. I will pray over my heart. Pray over your heart. Ask the Lord to cleanse your heart. Ask him every day, purify my heart. Because every day you go out and come back, you have consumed stuff. Some of those stuff are, they are toxic to your heart. You hear people talking about how to use jazz. Diabolic means in marriage. It's true. A lot of married people talk about it and they'll say, no, you're trying to enhance your marriage. You're trying to enhance your marriage. You hear people talk about, no, you go show them something now. They're talking about unforgiveness. They're sowing seeds into your heart. Those seeds will mature and they will bring forth a harvest. So every day you go out and you come in, your heart is being fed. So when you come back home, what do you do? Father, please purify my heart. If there's anything I've consumed that is not right, take it out of my heart, Lord. I want to remain consecrated to you. I know how important the state of my heart is to you. So I want my heart to always be right with you, in alignment with your will and by your spirit, Lord. So you pray over your heart. Pray over the heart of your spouse for those that are married. Be very, very spiritually discerning. Don't just, you know your husband or your wife has bad friends. And I say, no, you know, I don't want to make her feel bad. No, you tell the person, see, this person no good though. See how this person may behave though. This person is suspect too. I think you should pray about it because I don't feel okay with it. I'm very, very, it's one of the reasons my husband said he married me because I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I went off. So if, if you see that your spouse has friends, I, I think that's why I stopped. And you, you know that those friends have very bad, they are toxic to your marriage. Don't just keep quiet. Talk to them about it in a loving way, not in a condemning way. As they are your friends, you talk to them, be open. Tell them, this person is not, I don't think this person's friendship is healthy for you. Tell them to pray about it. Let the Lord, then you pray for the person. Pray for your spouse that the Lord will reveal it to the person. Sometimes I do that on my husband. My husband, sometimes, it's one of the reasons he said he, said he married me. Because I can be very, very transparent. I can be very, very blunt. It's, I, I, I speak, I don't even know how to hide the truth. I will tell you. So sometimes he may not see it. He may not see, he may not see the fruits then. But I will pray that the Lord will reveal the fruits of the person. If there's anybody toxic in his life. And you say, ah, babe, that thing you said is true. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your the person you want to marry. Pray for your children. That their hearts will be drawn towards God. That they will love God. Pray for your children. It's possible for your children to find Christ at a young age. It's not too early. Some children speak in tongues even before five. Some before ten. Some start to talk about Jesus. As young as they are, five, four, they start to talk about Christ. Some of them start to reveal encounters they've had with Jesus. Little children, pray for the hearts of your children. Whether you have kids or you are, you are believing God for the fruit of the womb or you are not yet married, pray for your children. It's not too early or too late to pray for them. I do pray that you understand and remember every day how much God loves you. 
God loves each and every one of you. I pray that the Spirit of God will guide you. I pray that the Lord will purge our hearts of anything that does not give him glory. I pray that we will receive strength to live a consecrated life to God, a holy life. We'll be satisfied and content with what the Lord gives us. We'll be willing to be set apart for Christ. And at the end of it, we'll be found faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. Please make yourself available and willing to be used by God today. Talk to someone. Encourage someone. Give someone a word of exhortation. Tell them what the Spirit of God tells you. And if the Spirit of God doesn't tell you anything, just pray for them. Pray for them. Please, if you if you have the flyer for our gatherings, Daphna, Daphna, stop it. If you have if you have the flyer for our gatherings, please, please um, share them. <laughs> please share them. Share them and invite someone for the singles gathering tomorrow and then for the young wives, young Christian wives hangout on Saturday. We'll be, having, we'll be going to the beach and it's fellowship basically. So the young Christian wives can have a place to talk and feel free and relax. All right, thank you everyone for joining today's session. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for the work. Have a beautiful day. Bye, everyone.